This week uh, we came aware of uh, several other issues. I want to share them with you. First, I would like to share with you a few thoughts from an email that I saw that was indirectly mailed to me from a group that I work with. Um, this is by a gentleman by the name of Naved Sayed. He's not Jewish. Naved Sayed, S-Y-E-D. I believe he's the managing director of Jan and Meat, which is the one of the biggest halal producers of lamb and mutton in the UK. Now, I'm just sharing with this with you because he knows meat like I'll never know it, even though he's not Jewish and he's making halal, not kosher. But this is what he wrote, so I, I share with you. It's an extremely interesting little piece here, and I'm thinking about working with him in some, some regard. I just don't understand all this animal welfare thing. When it comes to slaughtering animals, there is no such thing as nice killing. Killing is killing. Let's compare religious slaughter methods for the Muslims and the Jews, comparing non-religious methods which are approved and endorsed by PETA, RSPCA, and BVA. That's the British Veterans, Veterinarian Association. This is where I'm going to read these numbers to you, which I think is extraordinary. Uh, but this is religious slaughter versus controlled atmosphere killing. Controlled atmosphere. You know what that is? Suffocation. Lamb and sheep in religious method is 10 to 12 seconds until the animal dies. Lamb and sheep head stunning. When they stun the head, which is what we don't do, which is we don't do stunning, 10 to 12 seconds for death. The same amount of time the animal is alive, whether he is cut with a knife for shrita or he is killed with a, uh, with a stunning. Next, chicken in religious method is 80 to 90 seconds for it to die. Chicken in controlled atmosphere killing is 9 to 10 minutes for it to suffocate. This is what's being done as humane killing of chicken. You hear this? 9 to 10 minutes. That's a long time. And it's suffocation, which is a painful way, I'm sure, for the animal, the bird. These are the animal welfare benefits of controlled atmosphere killing. Uh, they call it CAK, controlled atmosphere killing. Controlled atmosphere killing removes oxygen from the bird's atmosphere while they're still in their transport crates. The birds are not gassed, that's asphyxiated. They die from lack of oxygen. You know what it means to not be able to breathe? It's not fun. Or anoxia, which takes over nine minutes for the birds to die, and I'm not going to mention it, but for the, the, uh, the, the well, he talks about pigs also, it takes 15 minutes for them to die. As I said, I don't understand animal welfare, but these are the facts. You decide whether it comes to slaughtering of animals, who is right and who is wrong. I thought it was a beautiful little piece, and I, I'm sure I shared it with you from a gentleman by the name of Navid Syed, who works together, the people from... Shrita and Halal work together on certain projects and in certain communication with each other, and this is an email that I received from him. 
Um, let's go now to a different topic. This was interesting. Somebody sent this to me just a couple of days ago, uh, and, and, I, and I decided to look it up. So I, I, I went and researched a little bit to get the details, and I wrote up a little piece, so I'll share it with you because uh, I thought it was a little amazing. You know, one of the th- problems that exists in the fish market is the problem of uh, fish that are being called a certain type of fish, but really are not that fish. They're fraudulent fish. They're, they're uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, sometimes it's malicious, sometimes it's for money, and sometimes it's just accidental. But the point is, without the fins and the scales, you don't know what fish you're looking at. It's hard to tell one kind of fish from another, especially when you're dealing with fillets. So uh, what happened is that in the, in the secular world, this is, beca- this is major, because there's a very high percentage of fish are being claimed to be one kind of fish, and they're really another fish. For the Goyim, it's just a question of dollars. You know, uh, you're calling this a, a this, and it, and it really is a that. So that's a cheaper fish, and this is a more expensive fish. And you, you, you cheated me. But for us, it's a question of kosher. So what they try to do is they try to leave spins, I'm sorry, scales on the fish or a little piece of maybe a one inch by one inch piece of skin and it either has a few scales or the scales fell off, but you could see that it had, had scales at one time, which is enough in order to be able to, to permit the, uh, the uh, fillets. But uh, sometimes we find, okay, we'll read this little piece to you. Seafood fraud is well known to be very widespread. A recent breakthrough has come about in an interesting way. Scientific American has just reported on a study by a graduate student in chemistry who used this new scientific invention which diagnoses, which diagnoses uh, cancerous tumors in uh, cancerous tumors to test whether the fish are being labeled correctly. The handheld device is the mass spec pen. That's what it's called, mass spec pen. And Ms. Abby, Gray, I can't pronounce it, Gatmaton discovered of its powers when she visited the University of Texas in Austin, Texas. What is the mass spec pen? What is it used for? And how did Ms. Gatmaton use that tool to discover fish fraud? Let's find out. First, what is a mass spec pen? Unquestionably, the greatest concern medically, once COVID-19 settles down, is to is advance in cancer treatment. A cure or prevention would be great, but an easy way to discover whether tumors are cancerous without invasive testing would be a breakthrough. The mass spec pen is one of those breakthroughs. A m- major challenge for cancer surgeons is to determine exactly where a tumor starts and where it ends. Removing too much tissue through surgery can impair normal functions, but not removing enough can mean that the disease might recur. The mass spec pen is a device that looks like a swollen gray ballpoint pen with a thin tube snaking out one end that connects to a, uh, to a mass spectrometer. The pen is a handheld device which is currently in development. Someday, it, it may uh, enable surgeons in the operating room to instantly distinguish between cancerous 
and healthy tissue with great certainty. The first researchers reported their results of the pen in human surgeries at the American Chemical Society in 2019 in the fall. They had a meeting over there of these, the American Chemical Society. Dr. Livia Eberlin, PhD, the leading researcher said, we created the mass spec pen because we thought it would be incredible if there was a technology that could actually provide molecular information right in the operating room in living tissues within a time frame that could expedite surgical decisions. In other words, the pen will tell surgeons whether they got it all or more surgery, radiation, chemo will be necessary. The regular procedure for surgeons is to extract the tissue, you know, they take a biopsy, right? Sample during the surgery and taken to the laboratory. Uh, and uh, the, the sample is flash frozen, sectioned, stained, and examined under a microscope. So this whole thing takes an average of 30 minutes, a half an hour. To cut down on that time, Dr. Eberlin and her colleagues at the University of Texas at Austin developed the mass spec pen, which rapidly identifies the molecular profile of a tissue by depositing a small droplet of water on the tissue surface. The droplet is transferred to the mass spectrometer, where the tissue is identified. Using algorithms, the pen can provide a predictive diagnosis that surgeons can act upon. The surgeon just has to touch the tissue with the pen and trigger the system with a foot pedal. Someday they'll get rid of that foot pedal. The whole process is completed in under 10 seconds. Not 30 minutes. 10 seconds. You can identify the tissue in 10 seconds. The impact of the pen is just beginning to be evaluated. It should completely revolutionize cancer treatment in the near future. I believe in this. This sounds like very, very reasonable uh, assumption. Now here's where it applies to the fish and to us in the near future im Hashem. Upon learning of how the pen works, Abby Gate Maiton reasoned to herself, if the pen could categorize human tissue, it could probably work on other animals too, and fish as well. Her research was published this spring in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry. This is a very exciting breakthrough. She demonstrated how by just touching the tip of the pen to raw meat or fish, well, meat will also have an importance too, Un in the pen in under 15 seconds could correctly identify the species it came from. You could be sure that the fish that you have is what they're trying to sell you in 15 seconds, under 15 seconds. More good news. The device is relatively affordable. I'm sure it's not affordable for right now for us, but I'm saying but it's, it's not a $50,000 thing. It's, it's something that I suppose, uh, you know, it's more an expensive, it's the beginning stages now. But the point is, it, we could probably have it hooked up somehow uh, 
through with the internet to the to a big machine, and and you just have to touch it with the pen, and and it will be connecting instead of the foot pedal, will be connecting directly to this spectrometer. So I mean, I think that that's going to happen too. But watch what he, he says here. So more good news. The device is re- relatively affordable, and it does not harm the fish samples, which means that anybody could just put this and just touch any fish at all and find out for sure which it is. This is accuracy that's important for the cancer world. You can be sure that it's high, highly accurate and there's not even a slightest doubt. Okay, they mentioned the word algorithms. I didn't like that either, but we, we, we're not gonna, I'm not going to get stuck on that at this moment. But whatever it is, it, it seems to be accepted in the scientific world as fact and presumably it does have that ability to identify some tissue exactly what it came from. This is amazing. I can imagine also being very important in the police work. Uh, but I'm not going to get into that one. That's not, that's not my area. <laughs> Ms. Gatmaten sees the pen as helping scientists tackle the problem of mislabeled seafood. But we should see it as a tool that eventually every mashkiach should have to use. In the future, this is another wild thing, researchers plan to use similar chemical profiles to reveal where a fish came from and whether it was wild-caught or farm-raised. You can tell where it came out of the water and whether it was wild-caught or farm-raised, which country, which area. This is going to be revolutionary all started from a pre-existing uh, breakthrough in science to this woman applying it to, uh, to, to meat and fish. Uh, listen to this last part, and then I'll let you go. One study of, the, of a nonprofit or ocean conservation organization, Oceana, sampled species known for being mislabeled, such as snapper and tuna, and found that a whopping 87 and 59% respectively were labeled incorrectly. 59% of tuna wasn't tuna, and 87% of snapper was not snapper. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable numbers. So uh, I think that was a big breakthrough, and I'm hoping to see it come come into the real world. I'm the first one to report this to the kosher world. I don't think anyone saw that article that uh, that I that it was based upon. It was sent to me by one of my readers, and Emitz Hashem will be in the next issue of the Conscious Magazine. And it's time is up. So I wish everybody a wonderful week. This has been your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Conscious Magazine. If you want to reach us, seven three two. Five six three. I'm sorry. Five three four nine three six three. Seven three two five three four nine three six three. Or Kashrus K A S H R U S at AOL dot com.